You can be the manliest man you want to be at work in society, but when you come home, you have to be that gentle, caring adult that's helping support your children. Understand that they are safe in their environment, and mom and dad are on their side. And that men are strong for being allowing themselves to be vulnerable and not know and not fix and not have to talk or say anything. All they have to do is be there and hug them. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at CalmTheChaosPodcast.com. Welcome back to the Calm the Chaos Parenting Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that's hard to talk about. It's one that so many parents deal with, but not one that many people talk about. And so before we get started, I do want to give a trigger warning that the topic today, we are going to be talking about self-harm. And I know that for many, many people, this is really hard to listen to. So if that is you, then I encourage you to turn this off and go to calmthechaospodcast.com and listen to another episode. We've got lots that you can check out. Um, But if this is something that you wish you had more information on, maybe for yourself or for your kids, um, I really encourage you to tune in today because we're going to be talking about um, what happens when you find out that this is happening with your own child and where do you turn and what do you do? And and I'm going to be talking with a family who had this very thing happen and what they did to kind of address this very dangerous and um, and scary situation head on and where they are today. And I promise you, it's going to give you hope. So welcome, Amanda and Mark. I am so, so grateful that you are here today. We're happy to be here. We were talking right before this and we had a list of things that we could talk about. We said we could talk about the siblings. We could talk about how you guys are working together. We could talk about the self-harm. And I said, but that's a hard topic. Are you comfortable with that? Can you share what you um, what you told me when I asked which topic you wanted to talk about? We feel like the self-harm is probably the most impactful thing to talk about. And when we started with the one-on-one training, with Calm the Chaos, it was specifically to address self-harm practices that we've just realized that our daughter had been exhibiting and we were freaked out um, and we both just wanted to dive in and and try to address it and help her. Because it was scarier sitting, waiting for something to happen rather than taking positive measures to keep it to a point where it didn't get any worse. Uh, she was covering her arms with long sleeves and really in a dark place for quite some time. Tom McCass helped us be patient with her 
and let her reveal what she wanted to reveal and then build on that. And you said something um, that I kind of said when I started the episode is that this isn't really talked about. And you felt that way when you guys first discovered this, um, you felt like no one was talking about this, right? I had no idea how prevalent it was. I'm pretty transparent. And when I try to figure out all of my resources, uh, I, I was reaching out, just trying, grasping at straws, trying to figure out how I can help or how we can help our daughter. And that's when I found out how many other people and um, people close to me that were dealing with this that I had no idea. It's a really scary thing, but I think that when you reach out and you have the support network, I think that that helps significantly. But a lot of the people that I talked to, if it wasn't in their family, they had extended family or friends, kids going through the same thing. So it was kind of odd every time I mentioned it, I got a response. Some people, you could tell just didn't want to talk about it. And some go, yeah, you know, I had, or we had, or I know some people, oh, it is. It's out there. That's really hard to confront by yourself. Especially when you're in your own world about it, there's so many scary thoughts that go on of where could this end up and how do I help? And you're so afraid of like making the wrong move. Um, And for myself, I grew up feeling like I didn't really fit. And I actually struggled with self-interest behaviors growing up um, for many, many, many years. I never had the intention of um, of leaving this world. However, I did a lot of the, you know, cutting and a lot of things on my legs and I would hide them where no one could see them. Um, and so I I empathize with kids that go through it, but I also get really scared when I find out about it. And, um, and I think I remember the first time we talked, I said, you know, I know this is really scary and it's more common than you might think. So you're not alone here. And I think that that's important to hear. So let's back up. Let's talk just a little bit about who you are, your family, where you're from, um, and kind of like the dynamic of your family. We're a family of uh, two kids, uh, twins, boy and girl, and we're here in Michigan. They're 12 years old. Yeah. Uh, we're more mature parents than some parents. So we have a lot of struggle in relating to our kids for their time frame, which also comic has helped us to back up and not really put in our experiences, but listen to theirs and then try to process them. Slowing down will be really helped a lot because I come from a family of six. I'm the last child, but we're always just putting things out there, you know, talking. And, but then again, we're all the same generation and it's really hard with children, kind of with twins too, because I think when you say something to them, they hear two different things. Mm. So it's not really a statement. It's, uh, some might take it as, you know, an endorsement, and some may take it as a negative comment. So it's really hard to kind of still do that. I think that that both of us are just we just kind of push on through things, and um, our kids are really are highly sensitive children, but their their personalities are extreme are on the extreme, and um, it's it's easier to deal with a child that has the extreme emotions because you always know exactly what they're thinking. But then uh, we have Lena, who is just she just balls up and she's she's always been this way she's an observer she's very sensitive she's very very aware um she's a, just a really big feeler um but 
it's really, really hard to get her to open up mm-hmm. and to, she, she has a hard time um, processing and expressing her emotions. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a lot more difficult. And after the whole COVID business with the virtual learning and then going back to school and her sensory issues with the noises and the sounds and the smells and um, just being so sensitive and not being able to to learn her voice yet it just kind of for for me it just felt like it was just holy moly where did this come from but in retrospect when i think about it 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 makes sense that her pain that she's unable to speak that she would express it with with this type of behavior when she's in such a dark place i was really afraid of losing not physically but mentally i was afraid that she would just disconnect and just kind of exist and not really participate. Mm-hmm. That was the scariest thing I felt. She did start to talk to Amanda quite a bit. I think patience and her seeing that we as the parents were taking steps to try to understand her. Mm-hmm. Instead of us just trying to dictate to her how she should behave. She's come out quite a bit. She's a different person now than she was or what I think she may have become. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, there are times when she just filled my heart with the things and the smile and the activities she likes to do. But I don't know if we ever would have got here from there without no. Yeah. I mean, we dug in pretty deep and she was willing to go to the pediatrician for medication, thank God. And she was willing for me to look into therapy, thank goodness. And that's really, that's a tough thing because you have to have the right fit. Yeah. The right personality. So we started with one person because they were available. I'm like, ah. Um, so we started with one person that really wasn't the quite quite the best fit. And we got on the wait list for another person that we're still working with right now. And that is um, something that we have to show great restraint to kind of give her the space to, to lead up for her to be comfortable with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still in that process, but you trying money at it just to, to create that comfort level. Um, but then for us, we, we needed calm the chaos and I didn't tell Mark about any of this really. Um, I had done a lot of workshops, a lot of the free workshops, but I, um, I couldn't follow through. I couldn't follow through on my own. So I would start the workshop and I would never finish it. I always loved the ideas. And I thought that it really resonated with how we, how I felt and how we were, um, or how I wanted to be as far as um, not being um, so harsh on rules and discipline and structure. And um, Mark and I had a lot of, um, we had a lot of tension. <laughs> Quiet time. We had a lot of tension between each other because <laughs> he's old school where, well, you should do this and we need more, we need to have more discipline and she should do this. And it's like, it's not, it's not working and it's not, you know, I'm a little bit more of out of the box kind of gal. Um, but thank God, um, Mark is willing to try because he cares about his family. He cares about his kids. He cares about, but it's just getting the right tools to try to deal with it and to get to the right, have the right tools at the right time. And uh, I, I received the email for the one-on-one coaching 
like that week that I found out, I'm like, oh my God, we have to do this. <laughs> this is our, this is, this is it. This is like a, a God moment. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was out um, doing something with Lena. I said, you need to come home in an hour. We have a meeting with Dana. I'll tell you later. <laughs> and then I, within the hour, I had to kind of give him the whole lowdown and show the website and tell him about the background. And after about 30 minutes, he's like, okay, let's go. And you know, that I think for us has been the biggest win for us to be able to be on the same page, have the same terminology, have the same stop, breathe, anchor. We haven't really gone too much past stop, breathe, anchor because it's about all we can handle right now. But at least, at least instead of us being at odds with each other, we have, we have, I feel like we finally have each other's back. There's no, there, there isn't as much blaming or fear or um it's like okay you know we can joke around a little bit more that we were never used we never were able to do that before and um i feel like the change in energy of us has made a huge difference that's what i was going to mention the stop breathing anchor i think both of our kids notice which they may have been using against us in the past we get to a point where we don't let things escalate so we kind of stop and slow down the situation, try to understand the situation, give us some time, and then we'll try to get through whatever we're getting for. And both the kids, I think, recognize that. Sometimes I think one will see it themselves. So our son, Grant, is very explosive. Happy, sad, angry, mad. I yeah. mean, not just anger, but it's yeah. happy. It's like huge, happy, yeah. angry. He doesn't hear the results he's asking for. He'll go one way or another. But when he has a question now, we kind of stop and think about it for a second, and then we give him an answer. And I think he notices the delay that we're actually putting thought into it and not necessarily give him what he wants, but let him understand us on why we're saying So I think that's working very well. I do also know that Lena... Thank God she told me, and I can't even remember how she told me, but I think that she came back to my office because I feel like I'm always sitting in my office with remote working, like remote working. And she, I think she came back and she kind of made mention of something and um, about her, you know, on her arms and legs. And she was doing quite a bit of damage in a really short period of time. This is not something that has been going on for a long, long time. It's something that happened real fast and real, real deep. You know, like two to three weeks, maybe. It was pretty intense. It was going quick, which was also scary. But up to like maybe a dozen cuts within three or four weeks. I did not notice, but and especially when she, yeah, well, she was also wearing long sleeve sweatshirts too. But some we knew what was underneath it, and she didn't want to show it. But now she is. I'm pretty sure she stopped the cutting. But she started to show her arms. Yeah. And Amanda did a very good uh, move by getting her some cream that helps to reduce scarring. And so she's been using that to kind of help herself, which I think is a good move. I think um, she she has some she has some friends who also are struggling, and I I feel like she was kind of thinking about you know thinking of she thinks about everything, um, but she just doesn't say much. But she. Um, she could see from our actions to other friends' actions. She's like, oh, this person said that they're 
XXX, and she said their mom didn't, you know, whatever, didn't, didn't provide the, the um, comfort that they were looking for. Because they were just, you know, kind of just screaming for, um, I don't know, I don't know, just to be noticed and seen and just, I think, working with her. Um, but she, through watching some other kids, um, she was able to see, like, the, the huge uh, change and that the shift, we made a huge shift really quickly uh, because we were we were on the same page and getting the same tools. Um between starting to tell the chaos now, before we were waiting for the next shoe to drop, always walking on eggshells, just scared of the next day. Amanda was home with the kids most of the time because I still worked out of the house. And I could see the struggle she was going through. And it wasn't a happy situation because I would come home and try to do my best to what happened throughout the day and try to get change on it, but then old school ways kicked on. It's like, this shouldn't be happening. You know, we got to find a way to get through this. But since the beginning of the program, man, it has it easier. I don't come home to a situation that I think is so volatile. And the kids are happier. And it's a pleasure to be all together now. Where then I'm waiting for them to blow up, for me to blow up, for me to shut down, or, you know, whatever. So it's been really helpful, and I'm 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 happy with all the phony bits. I think that the first couple of steps that were critical for us were um, what was the it's okay, it's not too late, because you always hear that you're just such an incredibly you're such a huge failure in life, and the kids are screwed, and they'll never, it'll never ever would should could you know all of those words, but in a way uh, it was kind of lowering the bars of expectations and lowering my my view of how things were. And it's it's okay if she doesn't go to school. It's okay. You're not a horrible parent if in this moment they're not going to school. In this moment, you know, you're not meeting all the expectations that you think that you need to do. And when I think back on all of that, I think that's all BS of all the expectations and that that we're supposed to do, that really we got back to basics with what was the most important thing, which is seeing our children for who they are and what they're experiencing and how they're feeling and just to be there with them, not fix it, not candy coat it, um, but just to sit there and let them be them and feel what they're feeling and work through it with them. And I, that's what I think was the biggest um, first couple of steps. You know, what Danielle told us is just pick a couple trails that let your kids know that you're there for support. And then just stay quiet because they don't process like we process. They're still going at it slowly. So uh, my phrase was, well, I'm here for you. I'm here for you anytime. And then we just stay quiet. A couple of times, uh, Lena's actually sat. 15, 20 minutes, and she'll say something or she'll come and snuggle and, you know, you can just feel the tension leave the room. I absolutely love what you guys are saying about how the changes weren't necessarily about what she needed to do or how she needed to change. It was about how you approached it and how much you showed her that you were there for her, that you were there to listen. And 
One of the other things I want to make sure really stands out, and you already addressed it, but I want to make sure, because this is a serious issue. So we're not just saying take a course and, or get a coach and, and everything will be fine. I remember when we sat down, I said, I want to make sure you have someone locally and I want to make sure that you have support there and we can support you in between because no matter what support you get locally, they're not going to help you be the change. They're going to be focusing on helping Lena. They're going to be focused on the health aspect, the mental health aspect. And so I know that you needed the help. And to hear that that's what really made the biggest difference is just, it makes my heart swell up um, seeing, and I knew then when I talked to you a couple of months ago, how much love you guys had for each other. But then you could tell you struggled to get on the same page. And now you finish each other's sentences and you're definitely on the same page. And I love hearing how you're interacting with both of your kids and how you're seeing what they're struggling with differently and approaching things differently. Dana here. And guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. What are some of those expectations and how did those shift? Some of the expectations, maybe being old school again, I wanted them to be like me or be like us. But again, they're not us. So we just have to have the temperament step back and understand who they are before we can actually really start to interact with them at both of our comfort levels because I think it became a compliment. You know, we understand who they were. They understood that we were changing our ways so we could, uh, they could understand us better. And I think we're getting to that point now because quite often they actually interact with each other much better. Now, it used to be before we started is, you know, the sun's going to come up in the morning. Saying they would say, no, but it's going to get light out. I mean, they just couldn't agree on anything. That was really frustrating because a lot of times I just don't want to say anything because I don't know what's going to be coming. I think that they kind of beat us down and just felt really, really tired. It was like we just gave up. I think that we, uh, you know, through the, the whole COVID bit with the whole learning and the whole, whole virtual learning and just trying to keep up the same pace that we always had and that we're always able to do. Um, then with the COVID bit and then them moving into middle school, it, we, it just all fell apart. And I was thinking about this the other day when I was thinking about, you know, talking with you. When I grew up, I'm only four, I'm only four years younger than Mark, but now it's like people you- who are listening on podcasts, there was definitely some like looks that went back and forth about. Like- <laughs> I feel like we cross a generation yeah. in those four years, but I, I, I grew up <laughs> with basically the latchkey kid and I don't know why, or I don't know how I managed to, I just always did what I was supposed to do. But, um, you know, I got up, I got myself dressed, I made male breakfast, I walked myself to school. I went to school because that's what I was supposed to do. Now, is that always, in my perspective, is that always the best thing to lead to for leading a, a happy life? I don't think so. You know, I don't. 
I don't think that everyone has to do everything exactly the way they're supposed to do. But well, I, when you even said that Lena was that quiet one who was doing what she was, quote unquote, supposed to do, but yet she was holding so much of it in. And then that was coming out in these self-injurious behaviors. When Matt was talking about there, something just popped into my mind that I think Common Chaos has helped us with. At the end of last year, it was very difficult because Matt got a tonsillectomy, so he was off for six weeks. We went back to school and be taught uh, Strap. Day one back. Day Strap. one back. And then when they got over that, he went back and it wasn't completely cured until mm -hmm. he got strapped again. And so he's out of school for about two months. Two months. But Lena being a twin, if Grant's not going to school, I don't have to. Well, go to school. I don't think she had the confidence to go to school with him being home. I, no. I don't I don't know if it was really a because it was also the first year of middle school. So, you know, Completely different building, completely different environment. My brother's not here. I'm all alone. I have all these sensory issues, people touching me, things being too loud. She's left-handed, and the teachers didn't understand to put her at the end of the table so that she was getting bald. All these little things, and she was scared of school. This year, we're sharing a couple of classes together. They're walking to school together quite often, and Lena has been feeling ill sometimes, but Grant they've been going to school this twin thing of if she's not i'm not i think it's starting to fade away and i think it's because the household is more comfortable that grant understands you know i'm my own person because i kind of had this conversation i know i'm rambling on but we had this conversation so grant you know seventh grade is kind of the beginning of your life you have to decide to do what you want and lena has to decide what lena wants to do and we're here to support you or whatever you want to do so school is your job now, and we're going to support you. And I'm glad I told him that. I mean, you're forced to you know, I'm glad you're going to school by yourself. This is very, you know, I'm so proud of you. This is really making mom and dad happy. And it is. And he's sometimes, you can just see he glows when he starts to get compliments that he's earned. Because we're waiting for the time to give him those compliments. Well, we did a lot of nagging, and all, all our conversations with the kids were basically just a lot of nagging, a lot of reminders, a lot of, uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, over the summer when we really dug in with the public gas and we really dug in with trying to change ourselves, that we started to do a lot more positive commentary. We started to have more fun. Um, but today, here's a, here's a little story for you for today. Lena wasn't feeling very good. And I don't think that it was really a sickness. I think that she was feeling anxiety. I let her stay home. I went into her room and I said, Lena, you really need to get up. You need to get up so, so that you can get to sleep tonight. So that, oh, this was yesterday, so that you can go to school tomorrow. And I, I went in and I said, what I want you to do, Lena, and she could see the, you could see her face. <laughs> She's like, oh God, here it comes. Uh, I said, what I want you to do, Lena, is I want you to binge on your phone and your computer so that you could stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> like what and um because obviously she was already not in school and i knew that she was having anxiety yeah but i just kind of wanted it to be kind of funny and something because what else is she going to do when she's home alone and i know she's struggling with anxiety and um what happened is that she um she needs to binge on her because she's going to do it anyway yeah. 
might as well just get credit for it. And what she ended up doing that I was like, oh my God, we're so amazing because we didn't, we didn't have anything to do with this, but mm-hmm. we're still amazing. Yes. She um, she reached out to her friends in, in like different parts of the country. Um, and she reached out to her friend and her friend said, um, she said, I'm anxious. What do I do? And her friends said, do a puzzle. And I came I came home from a meeting and she was doing a puzzle in her living room. Well, that's great. great. That's a really great idea, Lena. And then I, I had to work for a little while. Then I came back out and she had taken a shower and her hair looked great and she smelled good. And I said, uh, she said, I took a shower. I said, I can tell you look great. And she said that she reached, she told me how she reached out to a friend and they said, take a shower. And then she went for a walk. So we went from her hiding in her room in the total darkness in a ball with her self-harm and that was probably um mostly may and june and we went from that to now her advocating for herself and reaching out to her support network with and i i I made sure to say that's a really good idea it's good to have friends who really support you in a positive way because there are a lot of too not she doesn't have one but she's pretty firm but to speaking for herself, thinking, and then following through on these positive steps that help her get herself out of her anxiety. So I was so proud of her yesterday. And she got school today, but Grant got sick and kind of thought of what I had. So he stayed home. So they're, again, they're taking the initiative to go to school for themselves and not doubling it as, you know, if she does and I don't, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was really happy to see that. I mean, it's, I think it's just huge changes and it's just this whole shift. Yeah. And, you know, someone listening to this might be like, wait a second. I started listening to this because I'm struggling with this or I'm worried about my kid. And you're telling me all you did was you stopped and breathed and said some sort of anchor and you changed your, the way you interacted. Like, that's all I have to do. Um, Every single minute of every single day of every single pattern that is an established pattern that we had to think, wait a minute, mm-hmm. we're doing it again. Wait a minute, we're doing it again. And thank God it was a we. Yeah. Um, but as I, I've heard that a lot of a lot of people can do it with just one person. Yeah. So I know that that happens quite often. Um, well, it was quite some work because yeah. the results kind of showed in us first. Mm-hmm which kind of had to, because then when we practiced something, the kids got one picture instead of this, that, I'm confused, now I'm angry, or I'm withdrawn. It's like I followed Amanda's lead and she followed my lead, and we just stayed calm through the whole thing, mm-hmm. and things came out. Yeah, there was. Well, and I think you knew what was at stake, right? Like you, you were dealing with something that was so in your face, that was so clear what's at stake that you knew you had to come together or things weren't going to work out. And it's not just that, and I commend you on the ability to come together, but it's also how you were able to really do the hard work. It sounds so simple, right? Okay, you're going to stay calm and you're going to change the way you react and respond. Sounds simple, but in practice, it's a lot of hard work because we're going back, like you said, and we're reviewing every habit we've had that we've built over the last 40 or 50 years. And that is hard to do. And a lot of parents 
feel like what's what's the point? Is it really going to make a difference? And I think you are a testament that it makes a huge difference. It does. And it is, it is um, some some of the things were like our singular background. Yeah, I mean, maybe some things that we didn't even know about ourselves, but our egos to the side to work our child because we're in this together and she was in crisis and we needed to support her. Yeah. We didn't know how to do it, so we reached out. <laughs> yeah. In the beginning, I have to admit this, but we were in such a bad place, I didn't see how this was going to work. Days and weeks and months of practice, a little bit. I had an issue with Nina, and I went back to the old mom, and she took over and shut down. And Amanda walked by me and said, like, well, we do all these old phones. You know, they don't work. And I was just like, well, I went and laid in the bedroom and was like, yeah, she's right. And it did. It ran about 45 minutes to be laying the ball broken up then. And Clyde, this is kind of late at night. I, I get up very early. Amanda hadn't suffered from this late night when the woman doubt might be angry. Which I really give a credit for it because as soon as she did that, she told Mel to mention that to me. I knew I was in the wrong. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing the right thing. But you didn't yell at me. Well, I didn't. Because I, I knew in the moment that if I don't control the old mark, things are going to kick on. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's best just to be quiet, listen to what they have to say. And I don't even know what it was. It was just something was not going my way, and I wanted to let me and Lena know about it. And then it all went. You want to start, she was sick because we all like had this whole cascading of sickness with the beginning day of August. And so you wanted her to take an ibuprofen. Well, it was something so that was small. Yeah. Ibuprofen. And but you know what, Mark? You're human. You know, and I think that that's what what I love about what you just shared is that vulnerability. And in that humility, you're sharing like I'm human and it's okay to mess up. It's okay to yell. It's okay to break that relationship a little bit and then reconnect afterwards. And the fact that you recognized it and you didn't say, "Okay, I'm going to keep pushing, even though this is where I'm at. You said, fine, I'll pause. I'll go and lay in bed. I'll go to bed. Amanda's got this. Tomorrow we can reconnect. We can reconfigure and figure out how to build from here. And that takes so much of us to be able to do that. And so it's, you know, resilience and fortitude. And then your daughter seeing that. And that is just so amazing. And then you think you went to your question about expectations. You think that the old school expectations of raising children is to get them to take that Tylenol. But really, the what the what the expectations are, I think, and I'm sure our things too, now that we've kind of been living through this a little bit, is that they're learning from us. And what we can teach them is how to manage difficult situations, how to manage. I I don't want to do that. And back to that the iceberg that you have is like what's going on underneath. It's like I have the picture of the iceberg in my head. It's like it's not. A, I know it's not about the Tylenol. You were tired. It was late. It was late at night. It's not the Tylenol. It's like what's going on. It's getting low, sitting next to her, connecting, and just being quiet for a couple of minutes because that's what she needs. And just to say, "Honey, what happens?" And trying to think, what what was she doing just before this? She was playing her Star Stable video game, and there was um, 
there was something going on that was upsetting to her with some of the people that she was playing with. Um, that upset her, and that sent her in a tailspin. So that's what she was reacting to, not, I don't want to take a title. Well, well, two things. Both of them in my fault. First, I blew up. And when I tried to get her to take that, she kept on saying, not now, later. And I didn't trust her. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was blocking out what she was telling me because I wanted her to take it. And I think right now we're working on the potential of our kids just growing up being good people and adults. Now what's going to happen tomorrow? What's at the end of the process with these children and for us? Mm -hmm. Because I really think that it's a day-to-day -day building character, building confidence, building trust that will get them to be good adults that know themselves and know that they're worthy and their voice is worthy and i just i love what your daughter is learning through your relationship and how you're willing to reevaluate how you're doing things so it's just it's really amazing and i know this is just the beginning for you guys what would you say to someone who's listening to this who is on at the beginning where you guys were and they just found out or they are maybe worried that it might be happening, that there might be some self-interest behaviors. What would you want them to know right now? They're not a failure. It's not their fault that it's um, it's not too late. What the child needs is really them. They need they just need their parents and they need to be just surrounded with love. And they just need to know that it's going to be OK. I tell them I want to say something about the men out there. Ooh, I love that. Yes, please. Being a parent is not only mom. Being a parent means that dad sacrifices and changes his goals and starts to listen. You can be the manliest man you want to be at work in society, but when you come home, you have to be that gentle, caring adult that's helping support your children. Understand that they are safe in their environment and mom and dad are on their side. And that men are strong for being, allowing themselves to be vulnerable and not know and not fix and not have to talk or say anything. All they have to do is be there and hug them. And Because they can fix things, but it's just not in the way they think they have to. You got to fix things with understanding, support, conversation. And just barking out orders is for boot camp. Mm -hmm. Raising kids is gentle, calm, and kind. And real men can wear pink. They don't have to be black all the time. Mm -hmm. there doing the puzzle with you know, not everything. Yeah. And you didn't even say anything that whole time. So I came home last night with uh, my cold and started getting me pretty well, no one to go to bed. You want to just take a couple ibuprofen right now. We need to do a puzzle. And then they'll mean to both know that I get sucked into puzzles once I stall <laughs> there. So, and, yeah. But you're really so, good at it. I am. <laughs> but anyways, I started doing the puzzle. We just stayed quiet. Lena had her earbud in. We were just doing puzzles together. And she took a little break. I kept on doing it. And... Uh, they finished a 500 piece puzzle in one day. So Amanda and Grant went out and washed Milo, which we were introduced to. And Lena and I, I just kept on going to it. And when we only had about 40 pieces left, Lena just came up, sorry, smack, 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 smack. I maybe did 10 out of the 40 pieces. 
But once you got that done, she almost, her body language calmed down because I think she had a sense of accomplishment. Even though she didn't do everything, it was done. Mm -hmm. um, of course, it was one piece missing. Not kind of upset. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is just so beautiful. And, you know, I, I'm curious, I meant to ask this earlier. So um, editors, you can put this wherever you want in the episode. I think it needs to go a little earlier. But um, if you, what are some resources that you found that you would want other parents to have when it comes to, like, if they found out that their child is um, engaging in self-injurious behaviors, what are some resources that you found that you think are really important for them? Actually, talking to other people and finding out how common find out that we're not bad people. Just to put us at ease. I think yeah. for the parents who, I think for the parent to ground themselves is the number one thing that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And then to like, does she go to school? I don't it's okay. You know, if she misses 30 days of sixth grade, who cares? You know, is she, how, how can we get them back to a place where they feel safe? I think that is, that's the number one thing. That was the medication, like the, the game changer. I don't think so, to be honest with you. But I think that it is a, um, you know, if it's a placebo effect, I don't care. I'm going to do it. Because right, but a resource is going to your local doctor, your local therapist, finding someone locally. Um, yep. That is an important resource. You know, yep. we can put some links below for just some helplines if you don't have anything local. Um, you know, 988 is like the crisis lifeline, uh, just in case anyone's needing that. So I just didn't know if there were other resources, um, you know, well, that you found me. really helpful in solving this. Yeah, so we did talk to our pediatrician to get the meds prescribed. Um, a week of lag, she did calm down a little bit, but. It was kind of that daily reminder that I have that help daily reminder. But I, th I think it's just staying calm and cool. And, you know, we were, we caught it pretty pretty early. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a, a really um, entrenched behavior. Mm -hmm. So that would be a different situation, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But that I feel like an entrenched behavior. I think that that would absolutely require um, escalating it a little bit more than what we had to, and we would have if we were at that point or things weren't really working out with the path that we were choosing. Um, and we do you would, think that do you think that the calm the chaos framework is part of would be a tool in that toolbox for dealing with this situation? Uh, a million percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And I know I couldn't do it myself. So that's why um, that's why we reached out to you for the one on one training. And that was kind of a no brainer for us because we we were at such a low point as an entire family that we kind of needed the handhold. Mm -hmm. and, you know, you've got to fix the parent first. The child would just go deeper into whatever self-harm or dark space being non-social. If the parents don't fix some self first, so that the atmosphere invites the child back in. Sometimes I would go into a little room and pitch, but she wouldn't be on her phone. She'd just be balled up in a corner, sometimes whimpering. Playing one song over and over yeah. and over again. Like... Yeah. How, how, how can I get in to help them? And you can't. You have to create a gate for them to come out of it. 
Mm-hmm. That's why the parents have to be fixed first. You've shared so much and so openly. And I just, I can't thank you enough for the parents who are listening to this. And also just, you know, I feel blessed having heard the story, but is there anything I didn't ask about that you're, that you would like to share? Well, we're, you know what, we're, we're just in the very beginning of this. We haven't fixed everything. We, we know that we still have a long path ahead and we have a lot of behavior changes in ourselves and with and the patterns with our kids. What we need to work on as we keep moving forward is to really get to know them better than how we already know them as people rather than telling our kids what to do. We need to kind of incorporate having a lot more fun. The summer, we took the summertime to um, really dig in because we were lucky we could do it um, over the summer. Um, But we canceled a ton of our plans and we just tried to keep it um, low key. I think that that was also really helpful to just minimize the stress and anxiety and just work on what we needed to work on. And it's just the beginning. We have a lot more that we need to, that we need to learn. I'm only in what page seven being the book. I have many just to go through. <laughs> and you've had all the success. I think that's really important for people to hear too, though, is that some people think that they have to go through the whole thing. They have to finish the whole framework and roadmap to like start seeing change. And if you implement those first few stages, it really makes a difference. Yeah. What? Stop, anchor, breathe, and thought swap. Boom. <laughs> well, this, this program has actually helped me at work too. Wow. I, I work at a large manufacturing company and it's always chaotic. Things don't happen as planned. You gotta, you know, pick up where the people left off. And it used to get me really frustrated, but maybe that my home environment is much more relaxed. Now I'm able to take that to work and go, okay, this isn't the end of the world. Let's just mm-hmm. stop breathing anchor, <laughs> take a moment, <laughs> gather our thoughts gather our abilities and just move on from there. And it has helped me in a couple of situations where it's been noticed. It's like, why did you do it that way? Or, you know, you got it done so quickly. Just little comments like that. And it's like, you don't want to hear the whole story, but I just took my time, <laughs> relax, focus, and move on. Yeah. I love that. That is so amazing. To teach old dog new tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, Mark, Amanda, this has been absolutely amazing and so heartfelt, so inspiring. And I know that there is so much information that parents are going to be able to take from this. So um, thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today. Well, thank you for so much for your program. Really uh, helping us out. It's It's been life-changing. So thank you. It just, that is what I live for. And that's why I do this work. And so it just, it lights me up. So I could do this all day, every day. So thank you. Kudos out to Danielle. Yes. Yeah. Danielle's an amazing, she's one of our, for those of you listening, Danielle's one of our Calm the Chaos coaches and, um, and Mark and Amanda worked one-on-one with Danielle over the last three months, um, to work through what they've talked about on this call. They, um, they work step-by-step through the Calm the Chaos framework and roadmap and, and so, and with, Danielle's support, they were able to implement the framework. So um, if you're interested in learning more about the framework, 
you can go to calmthechaosbook.com. You can grab a copy of the book. It is out everywhere. Books are sold now. And we also have a workshop coming up, which is called Our Seven Days to Less Chaos. And we're going to be walking through the exact same roadmap, the exact same framework that Amanda and Mark used to help their family so you can help your family as well. And you can go to calmthechaosworkshop.com to learn more about that workshop. It is starting very soon. I don't know when this uh, episode is going live, but it's going to be happening very, very soon. So be sure to check that out if you are looking for support for your family. Um, And one last note that I want to say before I close out, and that is if you or someone that you love is struggling with self-injurious behaviors or um, suicidal ideation, there is a a national hotline that you can call, which is 988. You also can check out, we're going to put some links in the comments or links in the show notes, but you can also text HOME to 741-741, which is, will reach out to a crisis counselor to help with self-injurious behaviors. And that is for your child. That is for yourself as well. You can chat with them, text with them, or even message them on WhatsApp. So we want to make sure that you have those resources and we want to make sure that you have help. So we will be um, back next week talking with um, with you about more ways that you can calm the chaos, create a family you've always wanted. Just go to calmthechaospodcast.com to follow along. See you next week. Bye guys. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com and I'll see you next week.